Hello, you are listening to the Treadweary Podcast, the audio arm of treadweary.com, where we gather around the Word of God to hear what it is that God has done for us, so that we might receive from Him the gifts of His grace and mercy. Join Pastor Smee as we take a look at the text coming up for us with this following Sunday to hear what it is that God has to tell us and to open our hearts and our minds as we prepare to worship together. Greetings, church. Gracious welcome to you on this Wednesday of, the, of this week leading up to Transfiguration Sunday. And we are in the midst of looking at our texts for this coming Sunday. We did uh, the, the prayer of the day and we did the first reading and now we're on to our psalm. So as has become our custom, uh, we, we let go of the psalm that's appointed for the daily lectionary and we start taking on the psalm that we will have uh, before us come Sunday. And that psalm is Psalm 50 verses 1 through 6. So let us prepare ourselves and then begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes and does not keep silent. Before him is a devouring fire and a mighty tempest all around him. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me, my faithful ones, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, as now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Well, this is an interesting psalm. It's a psalm that comes right before our psalm for Ash Wednesday, which is Psalm 51, because, of course, 51 follows 50, if you hadn't figured that out yet. But it's it begins with this really beautiful picture. The Mighty One, God the Lord, God Yahweh, speaks and summons the earth. We always want to cast aside the idea of speaking, God speaking. We always want God doing, just like we always want to do. We think that we can do the most in what we do for others, which is good. We should be doing. But God makes a big deal about speaking. And that's why faith is important, because faith is trusting that what has been said is true. That what God speaks is true. And here, it says that that he speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. That his speaking, his word, has something to do with the rotation of the earth and and the upholding of the universe and the sunrise and the sunset. That that when you go out to see a sunset or a sunrise, you look at it and you realize that God is saying something to you in that. Not that he's just painting it and letting you enjoy it, but he's speaking to you in some way in that. And we'll get to that in a second. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. This again kind of is, is, is lumped in with our gospel reading. But this also is, is a callback to our Old Testament reading. Uh, that God is the perfection of beauty. And that... Uh, you know, Elisha asks Elijah for that double spirit, and Elijah says, that's a hard thing. But if you see me, go. You get it. 
but it is that, that God will give it to you, just as he gave it to me. That God is the perfection of beauty and he shines forth. Our God comes and does not keep silence. He speaks. Before him is a devouring fire and a mighty tempest all around him. That's kind of terrifying. I was in a storm once on the ocean. Uh, well, it wasn't, well, it was kind of a storm, really bad waves off of Hawaii. And I can remember we had just gotten done scuba diving, three dives in one day. We went way too deep, got sick. I've never been in more misery on that day than, than ever, 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 ever. We slept for like 16 hours after that. We were just exhausted. It was just... And to think that here, this picture of God does not keep silent because before him comes a devouring fire. Something that combusts everything, eats up stuff. Fire is a living thing. It, it devours things. And a mighty tempest all around him. Something that just blows away all sorts of, of, of stuff. Blows everything out of the way. Makes us uneasy even. And that's God's work, to make us uneasy. That's why I think we don't like it when he speaks. Because his word comes and it makes us uneasy because it reminds us of something that we'll see here in just two seconds. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. This may be why we don't like him speaking. Gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. So gather to me the ones devoted to me. The ones who've hold, held on to my promises. Who continue to uphold that holding on of my promises by performing these sacrifices because they trust that I am the God. And then we have it here. Verse 6. The heavens declare his righteousness for God himself is a judge. His judge. He is the judge. And I wish we had verse 7 as part of our reading for Sunday because it says, Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Basically telling us we're not God. I've talked about this a billion times in sermons, and I think we're not God. We try to be. We try to do everything we can to be God, but we're really bad at it because we judge one another based on outward appearances, based off of what we assume somebody says. There, there's so many times that, that I say something, I'm talking with, with one of my kids or something, and they'll say, I just said something that I didn't say, and I have to ask them, is that what I said? And they'll say, well, no. How many times it is that we assume that somebody has said something, the meaning behind something that somebody says, reflecting ourselves onto them, onto what it is that they say, and judging them for it when we're actually kind of judging ourselves, projecting our sins onto somebody else, or our fears, our doubts, our shame, our guilt, whatever it might be. Those are all things, a whole laundry list of things that actually should be shoved on Christ so that he can take them away from us, so we stop having them festering in our own souls. And so here we have God declaring his righteousness in the heavens. That when he paints the sun set in the sky, yes, we enjoy it and it's gorgeous, but it reminds us that we are not in control. We are small. As our Old Testament reading told us last week from Isaiah, that we are grasshoppers in comparison to God. We are nothing. And yet God deigns to call us his faithful ones. 
That's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of God's work, that even though we deserve nothing, and we are so small and insignificant, yet we're not to God. That he is our God and he wants us to be his and him ours. So I wonder if that truly is the case for us, this desire that he might illumine our hearts, that we might become like his son Christ, and we might be joined with him forever. Let us pray. Almighty God, the resplendent light of your truth shines from the mountaintop into our hearts. Transfigure us by your beloved Son and illumine the world with your image. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, church, just a couple more days. Tomorrow we'll have our second reading and then we'll have our gospel reading. And then we'll be on to Transfiguration Sunday. Hope you have a blessed rest of the week and we will uh, see you then.